Welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. Tune in each week with Drew and James to hear a relevant conversation about a biblical topic. Thanks for joining. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Creekside Podcast. I'm James. I'm Drew. And it's good to see you here. Um, we're, we're talking about the church, and this is episode 10. This is the final episode on this series, talking about the church. Um, obviously, if you haven't listened to any of the other episodes, make sure you can go check those out. Uh, lots of really, really good information in those. Um, and so, but before we get started, do you have anything you want to say? This is the last uh, episode in our little series on the church, and there are so many things we have not talked about. Yeah. Um, so we tried to make this really, um, really practical. Hopefully, you you have found it to be such. And and you know, at times we have to talk about some things that are maybe a little more theoretical. But um, hope this has helped you. I hope honestly this has helped you love your church more wherever it is that you're a part of the church. And we've got to talk about the problems in the church. Um, you know, what it means to be, when we're sick, it reminds us of what it means to be well. And yeah. so in the same way, when the church is not functioning, we need to be reminded how it should functioning, what it should look like. So our question today is one that has a pretty easy answer, right? Yeah. What? Oh, no, that's not how it starts at all. <laughs> the question is, is church worth the struggle? Is church worth the struggle? Is it worth struggling in the church is is it worth getting hurt by people? Is it worth having, you know, this this kind of uh, difficulty in the church? Having people maybe upset with you, having to reconcile with other people from time to time, not always getting your way. I mean, it's really easy for you to always pick the songs that you like and pick the texts that you like if you just free solo it as a Christian and don't join a church and don't submit to leadership in a church. But at the same time, I'm also going to say I don't think your church, your your growth is going to be as prominent as it would be if you were a part of a church. I'm going to give you a verse from Romans 8, verse 18. Paul writes, he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Now, that verse is not especially about the church. He's talking about suffering more generally, that suffering while we are pilgrims in the weary land, while we're, while we're walking through this earth as Christians who we know our home is heaven, but right now we are here on the earth. Um, that's what he's talking about. But let's apply that idea to the church, that one day we're all going to be a part of a church where there is no sin, where there's no mean people, where there is no judgment, uh, where there's only righteousness, where there's only godliness. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Until then, we are given the church to remind us of that day as a little foretaste of heaven, a little foretaste of glory, that as we gather together, we are waiting for that last day where the gathering of the church actually will not have an end. You know, it'll be a continual yeah. kind of thing where we'll live forever with the Lord and be with His people forevermore. So you don't get a foretaste of that if you're not willing to go through the struggle. But I would say the church is worth the struggle for other reasons as well. Um, and I just want to, you know, just share a you know, personal story, personal experience, um, pri- primarily. Is the church worth the struggle? There are, there are people in the church that... Um, might be hard-hearted at, at times. It might be difficult to, um, to to break through to. There might be di- people difficult to have a relationship with from time to time that might seem uh, kind of standoffish. There might be people who just seem particular. 
um, and might not might not always seem to be on the same page as you. Uh, but I remember, I'll never forget this this one individual that I had the the joy of knowing um, during my time in in student ministry. Particularly, um, I had a, a parent that came to my uh, came to my office. They had just moved to the area. She was a homeschool mom. All right, so she had three children. She homeschooled all of them. Their their middle child was in like eighth grade, I think. Um, and we were about to go with our church on a trip. I was about to take the students on this trip. We we're going on a camping trip, and we were going to take them rappelling. We were going to take them in the river. Like, we're going to do all this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, not really something that you should, um, you know, a, a t- send. You should not send your child to do those kinds of things with people you don't trust. So this mom wanted to have a meeting with me. She came up to me and she sat in my office and she said, "Why should I trust you with my child?" Mm. And I was like, "I appreciate how straightforward you are." Uh, <laughs> at the time, I was a younger man and I was kind of thinking, "Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you <laughs> should just like go somewhere else." But I talked to her and I, I told her. And I, at the time, the, the summer before that, I had worked um, at a at a, uh, a ranch in Colorado, and one of the things I'd done there was help with the climbing tower and like the, the the safety and all that sort of stuff. So I said, your your child's gonna be safe, like rappelling and climbing this rock wall. Like I, I promise you that. But here's the other reasons why you should trust. And I just started to you know share with her about who I am and kind of what I did and all that sort of stuff. And uh, she sent her kid that weekend, you know, and uh, that that kid, you know, he was he didn't know anybody, brand new. I uh, went through the whole weekend, came back the next week, um, came to church. You know, they started attending church more regularly. She and I got to have a relationship. He had a good time on the trip, have a relationship with each other. She invited me over to her house and said, I'd love to just have you over to the house and let's have let's have uh, lunch together, have dinner together, uh, and then we're going to blow up gingerbread houses at my house. And I thought, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do what? That's she great. said, yeah, I have uh, the tradition in my family is that we always build gingerbread houses. And when I was young, my boys didn't want to do it. And so I told them that if they would build them, that we would blow them up with fireworks afterwards. <laughs> and she said, so every year we build gingerbread houses and we super glue them together. And then after Christmas is over, we we stick M80s in them, we blow them up. And it was just, it was the most redneck thing in the world. But she invited it. me over to her house uh, and we had we had dinner together and then we went outside and we blew up these gingerbread houses. And, all that. and that began the start of this relationship. Probably once a month I was at their house, yeah. you know. Um, and they were, they she would tell you like they were they were particular, like they were different. Um, they, they didn't operate on the same schedule everybody else did, all that sort of stuff. But I can't tell you how many times she would text me just randomly and just say, hey, I'm praying for you as you you know, as you're as you're leading this ministry, she come talk to me about ministry and say, "Hey, how can I get involved?" She had the gift of hospitality like no one else I've ever seen. So she would say, "If you're gonna have the student ministry event, let me feed everybody. Let yeah. me." I can't tell you how many times like she would bring her homemade ice cream maker and make homemade ice cream for us when we were doing something in the summer or at someone's house or something. I mean, she was just she was just always there, um, yeah. always present. In that her 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 middle son, who they, she sent on that trip with me. Um, you know, we became super close. He became a, a, a young man that I mentored and discipled that I got to walk with him through some seasons of life. And, uh, you know, we're still close to this day, all this kind of stuff. About a year ago, I got a phone call in the middle of the night from, from what was her phone. Uh, and I've answered it and it was one of her children. And they told me she passed away in the middle of the night. And it was just you know, a sudden, unexpected, mm-hmm. devastating loss. 
And uh, her husband, I talked to him the next day and, uh, you know, just heartbroken. They'd been married for a number of years and just how like servant hearted this, this woman was. I mean, she was just always there to make a meal or to give a hug or whatever it might be. She was just, you know, like, like mom to so many people. Um, and, and seeing that and walking through that, um, just super difficult, hard on the whole church. But I just thought about the fact that I have so much love in my heart for this woman and for this family, and I'm so sad that she's gone. And she and I were different. We had our differences about things. Mm-hmm. We probably didn't see eye to eye on every single subject. But my goodness, did she love Jesus? And my goodness, did she did she demonstrate that love to me? And it was amazing. Um, at her funeral, her husband asked me to speak and to, to give a to give the eulogy at the funeral, uh, and I was able to just to talk about how. This woman had been involved in all these things, and it was so cool to hear all the people who were members of the church she was currently a member of and past churches she had been a member of that came up and just talked about all the ways that she had served them. Mm. I want to look at that, and I want to say, is the church worth the struggle? Yes, absolutely. They yeah. would. People would have never been changed by the gospel if this individual woman hadn't taken the time to preach the gospel to them, to teach the gospel to them, to work with kids and children's choir, to do all those kinds of things that we talked about in serving the church. She was just a a lady who loved the church, just loved the people, and so many people were served by her. And in her death, in her passing, the gospel was so clearly preached and so clearly proclaimed. So many people heard it that day. Um, and we're able to hear about how good God is, how how good it is that God um, would save us and that he would use us in this way. And she was a manifestation of the kindness and the goodness of Jesus Christ by the way that she served the church. And I say all that, yes, to honor her, but more to speak right. speak about the fact that she's the kind of person who saw the church was worth the struggle. We had our problems. We had our differences. Um, She helped that in a number of the things with our student ministry, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes she would say, like, why isn't, like, why aren't people coming to this class, you know, where I'm trying to teach the gospel? Or why aren't, you know, more students showing up to these events, you know, those kinds of things. But all along, taking hope in the gospel that that we proclaim and that we preach and believing that God was going to work not just through the big, like exciting things, but he was going to work around the dinner table. You know, as we just spent time, I can't tell you how many times we would just go over to their house and just play games with their family, with their kids, you know, play board games, you know, goof off. Um, You know, there there were times that, hey, we're going to watch the football game tonight. You want to go over and watch all those different kinds of things that we'd be involved in. Just regular, ordinary things. We're just with regular, ordinary people. And how incredible that was. Um, the reasoning behind why she did that was because she loved Jesus. And because she loved Jesus, she loved the local church, even whenever it was people that she didn't really, you know, didn't deserve to be loved by her, didn't yeah. deserve to be cared by her. Uh, and now that she's gone, I can't tell you how often I just, I miss just being able to, like, you know, give her a call and just ask her, you know, how, how things are going. Uh, for her to text me randomly and said, hey, here, she was a wonderful cook, so she would like text me recipes all the time for because she knows I love to cook. She would text me recipes for stuff, and she would just, hey, I'm praying for you today. And I just can't tell you how much that blessed and encouraged yeah. me as an individual. I know I wasn't the only person that was on the receiving end of that. Um, and so just encourage you, is the church worth the struggle I know that's a pretty personal and maybe a little bit anecdotal of an evidence, um, but I think it backs up what we've been talking about biblically this whole time, mm-hmm. um, that this individual was not, you know, 
not a, a prominent like intellectual figure in the church. You know, she didn't have a prominent, wonderful singing voice or musical talent or anything like that. What she was good at was cooking food and loving people. Yeah. And God used that in so many ways to to serve and to build the local church that I was a part of. And so whatever whatever church it is that you're a part of right now, I'm sure that you have gifts that can be used in a similar kind of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you don't have you know a big personality. Maybe you have a big dining room table. And maybe so you can open your home to people and you can you know, prepare a meal, have people bring things, a potluck together, have a meal, and just share what God is doing in your life, uh, mm-hmm. open up those those spaces and those opportunities. And I will say this about her too. I think the people she spent the most time with, at least in my experience, were people that she went to church with. She was always yeah. looking, how can I serve church people? Why? Because they're the body of Christ. Not that she didn't love and care for the person on the street or anything like that, but the the primary the the priority of her life was how can I encourage the saints and whether or not she knew this she got this like she understood this yeah. um, and so uh, I I would just, I'm just really blessed and encouraged by that particular example of of the church being worth the struggle to say yeah we're it's it is a struggle to get up and go to church on Sunday it is a struggle I know if you've got kids to get them there is it worth it I think when the day comes where you pass from this life into glory, that you will want the people who you attended church with to be there to be able to say, yes, this this person, this person struggled. We were in the struggle with them. Now this person has triumphed, and yeah. God used them in such mighty ways in our lives. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I've got countless stories of the same, yeah. the same things, you know, yeah. growing up in the church, uh, people that touched my life that are no longer here. And, yeah. Uh, people that are still here that uh, I can still talk to today. Yeah, you've got fond memories of yeah, them. And, yeah, and, and it's not just for nostalgia's sake that no. you you know it's not just to create good memories that you that you no, are it made me the, the man I am. That's right. But it is it is a a benefit of it mm-hmm. that you can think um, positively. I think about the way that Paul talks to Timothy and writes about uh, his, his grandmother instilling the faith in him. You mm-hmm. know th- those kinds of things. Um, she's recorded on the pages of Scripture. For being like being a, a good grandmother to yeah. Timothy, to you know, instilling, teaching him the faith, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. That's those those ordinary kinds of things um, that are present in small churches. You know, you don't have to be a big church to be a faithful church, but present yeah. in small churches all over the place, full of people who want to glorify God and want to serve their neighbor. So just just to ask you, you know, if you've hung with us for this tenth episode, <laughs> if you're still hanging on there. Um, do you want to serve your church, and do you want to serve your church so that God will be glorified? Then yeah. commit to your church. Uh, commit to what the what the mission is there, because I'm certain they want people to grow in godliness, to grow in grace, and for Christ to be glorified, regardless of how many seats are filled on a Sunday morning, regardless of what the numbers are like in the budget. Um, yeah. Ask the question, is, is Christ being lifted up in this place? Do these people love each other? And if it is, then yes, it's worth the struggle. It's worth having my feelings hurt from time to time. Maybe it'll help me to grow thicker skin. It's worth maybe I don't get used 
you know, every opportunity that I have, maybe I don't get to use my talents, every opportunity like I'd like to, but it's worth it for me to sit on the sidelines and encourage someone else yeah. in, the, in the fight and in the work. You know, maybe it's, um, hey, I'm going to be stretched in some areas that I'm uncomfortable. Maybe God's plan is to stretch you. You know, maybe yeah. that's part of it. Maybe you should join a church that makes you a little bit uncomfortable so that in being uncomfortable, and, and I'm talking about uncomfortable in the me- method of serving, right? Not in right. that they do something really strange or really weird, kind of uncomfortable, right. but it makes you uncomfortable in your Christian life so that you step out in faith, so that you do take that step so that to see what God might do with that. Um, ordinary churches are just filled with stories like that. And I'm going to say time after time after time, again and again, it is worth the struggle. Yeah. It's worth the possibility that you might get hurt. It's worth the possibility that some things, you know, some people might leave the church. You know, you know if, if, if all you might have to deal with that, that, that parting that's there. Well, just to remind you, church is not for forever. Right. Um, yeah. Let me say that a different way. This expression of the local church is not for forever. Right. We're we're that when we gather together on a Sunday morning, um, we are experiencing a foretaste of what heaven's going to be like forevermore. We're looking forward to that to, to that day. We're not looking for our gathering on a Sunday morning to be an end goal, an yeah. end game. It's always looking forward to heaven and always looking forward to what Jesus Christ, uh, when, when Jesus Christ will be praised forevermore with the saints. And that's a vision worth striving towards. That's a vision worth suffering for. You I know, agree. Jesus says in Philippians, or Paul says about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Yeah. Well, friends, for the joy set before us, we can endure some suffering, and we can endure some suffering even within the local church so that the name of Christ might be praised. Yeah. We've also, throughout these episodes, compared the church and our relationship with Christ as a marriage, yeah. just like God yeah. did in Scripture. And I think if you've had a marriage, uh, you know that there's struggles Absolutely. that come along Absolutely. the way. But in my experience, every single struggle there's always some kind of revelation that comes out of it where I go, I didn't know you felt that way, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I didn't, I, I, you didn't realize I felt that way. And now we actually are closer mm-hmm. and we have a stronger right. bond or we, you know, because of the struggle. Right. So is it worth the struggle? Absolutely. Because it brought us together even more right. and we're better for it. Absolutely. And I think that's a, I think it's a healthy way to look at it. You know, lots of churches that take membership seriously, um, they, they, they have their members affirm a covenant together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a covenant relationship in that sense that there's an agreement that's present. Just like a marriage, you know, is a covenant relationship uh, together. Um, I, I think it's a great way to think about it for the church, that the covenant is worth it, but the covenant means that there's going to be, I mean, there's going to be struggle uh, yeah. in the midst to try to keep that covenant, to try to be faithful to it. Um, and we are sinners, and so there will be times where we won't always be perfectly faithful to that covenant. When that happens, the idea there is there's not something wrong with the covenant. No. We need to throw rip, rip away the covenant, you know, no. throw away church membership. We need to amend ourselves, and as the Scripture says, rend our hearts yeah. um, that we might come and repent before the Lord. And where there is repentance in the church, there should always be forgiveness because with Christ, when we repent of our sins, He does not count them against us anymore. Uh, right. When we have, when we place our faith in Him, so the, for, the there's going to be struggle in the church, but there should also be forgiveness in the church. Most it should definitely. be far and wide. So yeah, there's lots of analogies we could go through. You know, the potter that puts the the clay into the fire, and that's when the fire, you know, Refi- hardens the refine. refines yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then you've got. Um, I don't know all of the. I've got a thousand analogies going through my head, but like it's those struggles, it's those hard times yeah. that make us stronger. Yeah. And um, and even just like discipline in your daily life, 
Um, yeah. Discipline's not fun. Like I don't like waking yeah. up when my alarm goes off. I don't like watching what I eat. I don't like going to the gym, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But if I'm willing to do those things, I'm going to see positive results. I think one of the things that the church helps you with is it helps you to discipline yourself. It helps you to discipline your mind. Helps you to discipline even your feelings, um, yeah. so that you know when it is a when what when it is the right thing to um, to, to serve and when it is the right thing to um, to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. All those kinds of things. It's that's hard, but that's a really good thing. I think church is built into the doctrine of the church, built into the life of the church. Are these opportunities for us to discipline ourselves and to be disciplined by those who love us? To be as um, as Galatians says, um, Galatians. Six that we mentioned in a previous episode, Galatians six verse one, um, says that you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Yeah. You know, when we're when we fall into transgression, you're not going to get that without the local church. Yeah. That's a struggle, right? To have those relationships and say, hey, I think there's sin here. I think there's there's difficulty here. Mm-hmm. Rather than just throwing the relationship out to reconcile and to 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 reaffirm and to recommit. That's much more honoring to Christ to bear each other's burdens than it is just to say it's easier for me just to discard the church. Um, right. So that, that's I think that's something good to be mindful of. Yeah. Well, and that's a great point too, is because the struggle doesn't have to be between me and you as a body. It could just be my struggle getting up and bringing my kids to church because I know I have to get every one of them dressed. I've right. got to make sure they that's brush right. their teeth and make sure they came to sh- church with shoes on. You know, <laughs> and that's you a struggle. actually don't need shoes to go to church. <laughs> there you go. Few people know this, right? <laughs> but you actually don't have to. And I've never seen a church. I'm sure there is one somewhere, but we're not going to kick you out for not wearing shoes on Sunday. Uh, Literally, there's one of our uh, deacon or one of our elders said that he got to church one day and realized that his daughter was not wearing shoes. That's right, but he made it to church. That's exactly right, and that you know I think that's a beautiful analogy, a beautiful picture there. That it's it's worth it. It's worth the worth the struggle. Yeah, Yeah. because those kids are now going to get the training and the the leadership that they need. And yeah, so definitely worth the struggle. I have thoroughly enjoyed this entire series talking about the church. Uh, it actually excites me and wants makes me want to be a bigger part of the church, you know, yeah. and to to reach out to my members, the fellow members, and, and just be a better church member myself, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's part of, I think that's, I think that is right. Being part, part of being a better Christian is learning how to be a better church member. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an overstatement to say that. I think that yeah. that's part of it. Um, being a better, more faithful church member, more devoted to our fellow Christian, and more devoted to the Lord and to His, because it is the Lord's church. It is Christ's mm-hmm. body. So we don't need to look at it as so much as trying to um, get favor with man, yeah. but to serve God. Uh, part of serving God is being in the local church. And here's the final reason why I can say the church is worth the struggle. Because Christ died for the yeah. church, you know, Christ died to secure yeah. the 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 blessed hope that the church has. He died for sinners to engraft them into the church, and so if it's worth it for Christ, certainly it's worth it for you and I. I used to have a really good friend of mine that was a he was an evangelist, and he would always say, "God could do nothing else for me the rest of my life, and He's already done enough." Absolutely. Yeah. And so is it worth the struggle? Absolutely. Yeah. Just because of what he's already done. That's right. Yeah. That's great. Well, any final thoughts on our final episode? Yeah, I would I would say go to church. Go to church, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh because of what we saw. And I, I again I think that 
studying the doctrine of the church. Like, what does the New Testament actually have to say about the church? I don't think that's a question we thought about often enough. And yeah. so reading the New Testament with an eye for when it talks about the church and what, what it says the church is to be and to do, I think is a really helpful practice. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thank you all for coming on this journey with us through the series about the church and what it is, uh, looking at this from a biblical perspective and seeing what God has already laid out and how He's laid it out for right. us, and, and it's all for our, you know, for our benefit in the end. That's right. Uh, and so it's wonderful. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And Drew, thank you again for. Uh, the words of wisdom and the encouragement to be a better member. I'm just glad that you haven't gotten up and left in this in this ten episode series. Uh, <laughs> that you've stayed around to listen, and for all of you that are that have listened in, I really appreciate that. Um, if you like the podcast, if you'd like to see us talk about something else next time, let us know. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have we'll be rolling back with another season, hopefully here pretty pretty soon. And I really appreciate uh, all our listeners and appreciate this opportunity. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next time on the Creekside Podcast.